What's up, guys? Welcome back to another daily Bible reading snapshot. Today, we've got a lot to cover in the Old Testament as we read Numbers chapter 21, 22, and 23. So, Numbers 21, the people again complain against Moses and against God. And the main complaint is this. We don't have food. We don't have water. What are we going to do? Why did you lead us here? And as you might expect, as you've been reading this book, what happens when the people complain? God responds, but here he responds with judgment. He sends these fiery serpents, it says, into the camp. And they were biting people. And it seems like people were dying because of this. And what happens is they complain against Moses. And then they say, Moses, please help us. So this weird relationship was going on between the Israelites and Moses. But it says once they did that, Moses had them make this this serpent, this bronze serpent. And they put it up on a pole. And it says whoever looked at that that serpent will live because it's lifted up now. Was there any real saving power in that serpent? Well, no, there wasn't. But it was what God was going to use. If you're going to turn to me and look to me and trust me, then I'll save you. I think that's what's trying. That's what God is explaining here through this imagery. But you might say, well, wait a minute. That sounds like something that happened in the New Testament. And if you thought that, you'd be right. Because Jesus actually references this right here in John 3, 14. Right before he gives the most famous verse in our in our New Testament, for God so loved the world, um, right before he said that, Jesus said, if anybody looks at the Son of Man as he's lifted up, just like they did in the wilderness with the serpent, they'll be saved. Now, we look at the Son of Man lifted up. And what does that mean? We think of the, res- the death and resurrection of Jesus, the Son of Man, as he paid for our sins. When we look to him, we're saved. Just like these Israelites were supposed to look to that serpent and be saved. We look to Jesus, and that's how we are saved from our sin. Um, so that's chapter 21. That's a lot right there. But chapter 22 and 23 go even further. We find out that there are two important guys that you need to know about. The first one's name is Balak, and he's an evil king, a king of the Moabites, one of the kings there, and he's a ruler. He sees these Israelites traveling in the wilderness, and he says, I don't like them showing up in our land. I don't want them going in and taking over. What should I do? And he says, I've got a friend that I can call. I'm going to call Balaam. And Balaam was your stereotypical uh, curse giver or whatever. Imagine a guy who is like a pagan priest hired to, you know, give curses on people. That's what he was. That's what he would do. Um, so Balak says, hey, Balaam, you want to come curse the Israelites? And he says, sure. How much are you paying me? And then he, he gets paid and he comes along. But as he's going, God speaks to him. God gives him words to say. So this is weird. He's like the pagan priest who's a bad guy. And we find out actually later on in the book, the Israelites go and kill him. So that that's for another day. But he's not a good guy. He's an evil guy. But God speaks even through this evil guy. Now, God doesn't just speak through him. As he's on his way to go curse the people, what happens? Well, the most famous story with Balaam. So I said we're getting to know two characters. I guess there's three now. Uh, Balak, Balaam, and Balaam's donkey. You might say, why is a donkey the character in a story? Well, check it out. It says that as they were going on the way, the donkey sees the angel of the Lord in the highway where they were going on the road. And he just lays down. He stops. 
and Balaam gets really mad at his donkey for stopping and the donkey turns around after he's just been hit by his owner and says, is it my pattern to treat you like this? I mean, is this something that I usually do? Do I usually just stop in the middle of the road? Don't you think something's wrong? And the guy's like, yeah, I'll, I'd kill you if you stop in the middle of the road. Um, he's talking to his donkey. Um, but then Balaam sees the angel of the Lord and says, oh, whoa, uh, something's going on here. And God um, proceeds to tell him what he wants. Now, when he's on the, the hillside, about to curse the people, what happens? Well, God keeps him from cursing the people, but instead gives him a word to say. One thing he says in chapter 23, verse 8 is, How can I curse whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? So he says, I'm not going to curse them. And Balak is like, whoa, 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 I hired you to curse these people. Why, why are you saying good things about them? He says, okay, okay, let me try again. And he goes to speak, and here's what he says. Look at verse uh, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I can't revoke it. He has not beheld misfortune in Jacob, nor has he seen trouble in Israel. The Lord their God is with them, and the shout of a king is among them. And Balak is like, okay, are you serious? Like, we're really going to do this? Um, I told you to curse them. And he doesn't. He just blesses them, which is kind of weird, kind of awkward. Basically, God speaks through this evil guy, this evil soothsayer, curse giver, pagan priest guy. And even through him, God speaks. He speaks through a donkey, and he speaks through this guy who's an evil guy. So, wow, lot, a lot of stuff going on there. Um, but I think the, that one verse that summarizes this whole section is Numbers 23, verse 19. God's not a man that he's going to change his mind. Um, has he spoken and he's not going to fulfill it? He's going to do what he is going to do, even through crazy means like using Balaam and even Balaam's donkey. So, that's a lot from our Old Testament reading. Let's turn to the New Testament. We're looking at Mark chapter 7, kind of an interesting section here. Mark chapter 7, uh, we're going to read the last half of this, and then we're going to get into the beginning of Mark 8. So Mark 7, what we're going to see is people's faith. We're going to see that put on display again, and we're going to see how two people in particular trust in Jesus, and they might not be people you'd think. So first of all, uh, he's talking to these Pharisees again. This is before he starts um, healing these people. But first thing he says uh, to these people is it's not what goes into a person that makes them unclean. It's what comes out of them. So they thought it was about what you ate or how you, uh, what you touched or anything like that that made a person sinful. And Jesus says, no, no, no. That's not what makes them sinful. What shows their sin is what comes from the inside. And he explains that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. What comes out of our mouths is a reflection of what goes on inside our hearts. And he says, that right there proves that people are evil. Then he's got these two people that trust him. One of them is this Gentile lady. And another one in the region of the Decapolis, which is probably another Gentile, is a guy who's healed of his deafness. He can't hear and he's healed. Now, we're going to see Jesus cares not just for his group of people. He's also going to care for the Gentiles who trust in him. And we're going to see how that actually becomes a pattern. Even at the end of this book, in the book of Mark, there's a key Gentile who seems to understand that Jesus really is who he said he was. But it happens here. A Syrophoenician woman from Tyre and Sidon, uh, who's a Gentile, and also a guy from the region of the Decapolis is healed because they trust in Jesus. 
And that's what, what's so great about this. And we kind of circling back to what we said from Numbers chapter 21. Whoever looks at Jesus, whoever turns to Jesus to be saved, they're going to be saved, regardless of where they came from. And we see that demonstrated here through this Gentile woman and this Gentile man. So thanks for joining us for another DBR snapshot. I know this was a long one, but thanks for joining us. Hopefully you can dig into the word today and get so much out of it. We'll see you back tomorrow. Thank you.